Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 461. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about shortcut hacks for entrepreneurs. And this comes to us from a story about an entrepreneur who went from a trailer park to multimillionaire status before age 30. And this is from the CNBC homepage. It was written by Karen Gilchrist. And it says, on the road to success, there are sadly few shortcuts, but there are several detours you can avoid by following those who've completed the course. Jeremy Adams is one such guy. His desire to leave behind his trailer park upbringing saw him set out on his entrepreneurship journey as a teen, burning CDs, doing neighbor's yard work, and waiting tables before launching his first startup, a food truck company, at the age of 22. A few months later, the young Floridian's business was picked up by former Shark Tank judge Kevin Harrington at a local competition, kicking his journey into the next gear and spurring the pair to co-launch a marketing startup. Less than a decade on, the 30-year-old now runs a multi-million dollar portfolio of businesses, including his latest venture, Unicorn Innovations, which helps entrepreneurs build their businesses. He himself is a multi-millionaire, according to a representative. Speaking to CNBC Make It, Adams described the 10 lessons that helped him along the way. Okay, so now he's gonna tell us the 10 short hacks that helped him become a multimillionaire at age 30. So here we go. Number one, learn to embrace loneliness. And it says, long hours, regular knockbacks, and often isolated working can make the journey of an entrepreneur a lonely one. But while it's important to take time out to socialize and look beyond your business, it's also critical to embrace loneliness in the short term for results in the long term. Turning down plans, staying in on the weekends, etc., are often essential in reaching your goals as an entrepreneur, and those sacrifices may lead to extremely isolated periods of time. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel, he noted. The low points always lead to higher ones. I'm just going to pause there for a moment and say absolutely. No matter what it is that you're doing, when you're focused and you have goals and you're trying very hard to accomplish those things, it's going to take some sacrifice. And if that means that you don't get to go to certain things or you're working on holidays or whatever that might be, you often don't mind because your goal is so important to you and you just really have that end in mind. So being that focused and making some sacrifices is a normal part of success. All right, point number two. Friends and family are sometimes a great ally, but often your worst enemy. And it says, though they typically want the best for you, advice from friends and family can end up limiting you if they don't share your mindset. The reason the 1% is the 1% is because they think and operate differently to the 99%, says Adams. 
Take advice and guidance from family and friends with a grain of salt, but always follow your gut. Even if it strays off the given path your family has for you, it will pay off in the end. I'm going to pause there and say absolutely I agree with that because there's nothing cheaper than free advice. And free advice isn't always good advice. Sometimes it's very bad advice. Sometimes people are well-meaning, but they don't understand your market or they don't understand what you're trying to accomplish or they don't have the right experience or knowledge. And they're trying to be helpful, but they're not helpful. And sometimes if you listen to that, you can be led off course. So the best thing to do is follow your gut know why you're making the decisions you're making and trust in your own experience and your own knowledge because ultimately you're going to have to be responsible for whatever the results are not that person that gave you the free advice they have no accountability no responsibility whatsoever so it's your money it's your time that's at risk and so therefore you need to really listen to yourself and trust your own gut and put aside what everyone else is telling you to do unless they're a highly paid consultant, that is. But the free stuff, nah, you can just uh, dismiss that. All right, number three, everyone is on the same journey. And it says, it's easy to look at those we consider successful and think they have it all figured out. But in reality, everyone faces similar challenges when it comes to their careers, finances, and relationships. To avoid getting bogged down with the pressure of other people's achievements, Compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today, said Adams, quoting one of his favorite books, Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. And I'll pause there and say, absolutely. People try to compare themselves to other people, and that's the craziest thing. I have a very dear friend who I love so much, and she will often compare her net worth to Bill Gates in a very unfavorable way, of course, because who can compete with Bill Gates' net worth? I mean, that's insane. He's one of the richest men in the world. So for her to say she feels poor when they make multiple six figures is just kind of crazy. And I tell her these things and she kind of gets it for a while. And then she goes back to comparing all of these incredible things that billionaires have that she doesn't have. So it's a little bit mind boggling. But here's the thing, you just need to compare yourself to your prior self and compete only with yourself. I often say people are trying to compete with other people when they're not even their competition. Your own competition is yourself because really there's no one else competing with you. I mean, all you're doing is competing against your last personal best. That's how you're competing with yourself. It's, you know, you're trying to do better all the time. When I was in high school, I was a swimmer. And swimming is a very lonely solo sport. And you're competing against your past times, really for your personal best. And yes, there's other swimmers that you're competing against, but even if I didn't win, if I had my personal best time, it would feel like a victory for me because I knew that was my fastest swim ever. So I didn't care whether I got first or second place or whatever. I was really hoping to get my personal best time. And yeah, if that meant I got first place that time, that's great too. But just knowing that every time I was getting a better personal best and swimming the fastest I'd ever swam was really satisfying to me. 
And that's what I think he's saying here is don't compare yourself to other people. Do your best, always do a little bit better, always improve. And as long as you're making progress and you're on that path, then you're having success. Number four, ask for help. And it says, don't be afraid to reach out to others for guidance, especially when they have particular expertise you lack. That's especially important for technical matters like taxes, which can create a huge headache for businesses if handled incorrectly, said Adams. Yes, I want to pause and say, of course, you want to have experts help you, whether that's experts in whatever area you're weakest in. If you're not strong in technology, hire tech experts. If you want to outsource your taxes or have some help there, that makes great sense too. But there's lots of areas that you might not be very good in. And I rely on people that I hire to do certain social media posting for me or to do certain email functions for me. And those help leverage my time. It helps when I can pay someone to do something that would cost me too much to do because my time is so valuable. So when you can outsource things that someone else can do better, it's easier for them, they can do it quicker, and in the long run, it's going to cost you less because of the cost of your time. So don't be afraid to ask for help and don't be afraid to hire other people and leverage your time. Number five, partner with or hire A players. And it says, in the early days of a business, it can be tempting to try and keep costs down, including with the staff you hire. But often that ends up being a false economy that can actually hurt your growth. Instead, focus on getting what Adams calls A players, who are driven and passionate, even if that means hiring fewer people at a higher rate. I realized how much going cheap with people costed me in headache and lost opportunity. Looking back, I would have paid myself $1,000 less each month to get the right person, he noted. And let me pause there. Yeah, you want to get A players. That's something that was very interesting when I was working with some venture capitalists and I was an observing board member, I noticed that they hired the best at whatever they could. They were looking for the best consultants to give them advice. They were looking for, and again, that's paid advice from an expert. And we're not talking about free advice like I mentioned earlier. Paid advice is okay if you're getting it from someone who's a qualified expert who actually can share knowledge with you and maybe shorten your path to success. And same thing with hiring really good employees, really experienced CEOs or experienced support people. These are all things that can save you headaches in the long run. Number six, lose the ego. And he says, passion can blind you, particularly when it comes to running a business. It's important to remain humble and accept health. For Adams, that lesson came at a pivotal moment when his food truck business merged with its biggest competitor. Age 27, he was eager to take the CEO role, but eventually ceded it to his partner, who had prior experience running a 3,000-store business as the CEO of frozen yogurt chain TCBY. Let the smarter people do what they do best. I should have been begging the guy to be our CEO looking back at it, said Adams. And I'll pause there. Yes, lose the ego and let people come in who might be able to do a better job running your business. You know, in some of these successful tech companies, we've seen where 
sometimes the entrepreneur can grow the company to a certain point, but after that they have to step aside and let someone who has worked with large corporations, for example, come in and take over. Because once it gets so large, that idea of the entrepreneur is more like a speedboat where they can make quick decisions and they can turn quickly like a speedboat. But instead, when you're growing large and you need to be thinking more like a large company, you need someone experienced who's been running tankers, who can come in and knows how to manage people, knows how to set up systems, knows how to grow your business nationally or internationally. And so sometimes it's important to bring in good people and put them above you. Number seven, build a business, not a lifestyle. And it says, too many people these days are focused on building lifestyle brands that are reliant on their personal image and social media presence, said Adams. That can make it very difficult to detach yourself and enjoy downtime. Instead, build a business that can stand independently from you, and as soon as you can afford it, start hiring a team to help so you can focus on managing things at a high level. Yeah, well, I'm all for having influencer businesses. I think those are extremely important and they're going to be more important. And as an entrepreneur, that's a great thing to do. But I also acknowledge it makes it very difficult if you wanna try to sell your business, or like he's saying, if you wanna leverage your time and have someone else come in and run the business, it's hard when the whole business is built around one person. So you really do want to try to expand and think bigger and think about how you can manage things at a higher level. Number eight, stay focused. And it says, with so many ideas bubbling away, it can be easy for entrepreneurs to suffer from what Adams calls shiny object syndrome. But rather than jumping from one thing to the next, you should stay disciplined, focus on doing one thing brilliantly, and only then move on to the next thing. So let me pause there and say, absolutely. You know, Sometimes people start to think about all these great things that they can do and, oh, I could expand over here and, oh, I can do this and I can do that. Well, think about doing the one thing that you do well, the one thing you wanna really be known for. You know, McDonald's does have other products, but their one thing is their hamburger. And so you wanna be known for that one thing and later, yes, you can make additions, but make sure that you've gained your reputation in that one particular area. Number nine, work on earning millions, not saving hundreds. Perhaps as a result of his low income upbringing, which included his family relying on coupons and money saving deals, Adams said focusing on penny pinching gives him anxiety. So rather than spending time figuring out money hacks, he recommends concentrating that energy on working to increase your overall income. As a big fan of investing, Adams puts a significant portion of his income into stocks and cryptocurrencies each month. Let me just pause there for a moment. I often say that you need to watch the big dollars and your major spending priorities and not worry about being a scrimper, saver, or living far below your means in terms of having a meager existence. That is actually not the path to wealth, but a lot of people think it is. And what he's doing is actually investing on a regular basis, which I talk about in my book, You're Already a Wealth Heiress, Now Think and Act Like One. And I also talk about it a lot on this podcast, which is that you wanna put regular sums aside so you can get to that higher level of compounding. Because just like my wealth building formula, 
It's money, compounding, and time. So if you can get started early compounding your money and he's using the stock market to do that and he's using cryptocurrencies, at least I can vouch for the stocks are going to, historically anyway, get you to some higher rates of compounding. I can't vouch for cryptocurrencies. I don't know what their long-term track record's going to be. And I still am uncomfortable with the fact that your whole account can disappear. So I don't recommend cryptocurrencies, but I do think that investing in the stock market on a regular basis is one of the easiest paths to wealth. It's low maintenance, it doesn't take a lot of time, and it's something that allows you to reach higher compounding rates relatively simply. And the last point, number 10, be addicted to growth and development. And it says, finally, become obsessed with self-development. By his own admission, Adams was never a great student at school, simply doing enough to scrape by. But since starting work, he has developed a new obsession with learning, consuming over 1,000 books in the past three years and working with numerous mentors. It is a big financial and time investment, but easily the best investment I've ever made, said Adams. And guess what? I'm still just 1% of the person I believe I can become. End of article. Absolutely, invest in yourself. That's one of the best things you can do. Warren Buffett said the best investment you can make is in yourself, and I completely agree with that. You also want to have mentors, which is what you're doing here, working with me as your mentor. And I'm giving you shortcuts, education, the benefit of my knowledge and experience so that you can shorten your path to wealth. And this is what he's doing as well, self-educating really getting into knowledge and learning as much as he can. You see, oftentimes people ask me, Linda, will you be my personal mentor one-on-one? And I have to chuckle because I don't do that anymore. I don't do individual mentoring because I wanted to start this podcast and reach a broader audience. I wanted to reach so many more people. But here's the thing. Why is one-on-one mentoring going to be so much better for you than listening to the podcast and learning with everyone else. You see, it's a mindset where they think they have to have me be their savior, and that's not the right perspective. The right perspective is you need to have the burning desire to go and get the information, to listen to the podcast, to read the book, to get the knowledge that I give you and take it upon yourself to do the learning. Not have someone spoon feed it to you or have someone be supposedly your savior. That's not the way it works. It works with you having the burning desire, with you wanting to have the better life, with you wanting to create financial freedom. That desire, just like it says in Think and Grow Rich, Wealth comes from that burning desire. You have to have the desire to want that and therefore go back to podcast number one and listen to the podcast and gather all the knowledge that I've given to you for free. The only investment that takes is your time. And you can often do it while you're multitasking, walking the dog or folding the laundry or whatever you're doing. So it doesn't even have to really cost you in time. But I do want you to think about how much do you want financial freedom? How much do you want to be able to have the life that you want to live? How much do you want to not be constrained by money? How much do you want to be financially free? 
How much do you want to have that great retirement, be able to pay for your kid's school, do all the things you want to do, travel, have the car you want, the home you want, all of those things rely on money. And so it's how much do you want to have that? And it's not about love of money being something that is not good. I'm not suggesting that you love money. What I am suggesting is that you get knowledgeable about money, that you learn how it works, that you learn the right things to do, because I completely believe that anyone who wants to create wealth for themselves absolutely can, no matter how little you're starting with or how late you're starting or whatever excuse you might be coming up with, I do believe you can do it. It's within your wheelhouse to be able to do this. What you need is knowledge and action, which is why I wrote my book, You're Already a Wealth Heiress, Now Think and Act Like One, Six Practical Steps to Make it a Reality Now. I hope you check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes. That is the next step for you is get the book, understand all of what you need to do. I've got the wealth checklist in the back. You can check off things, figure out if you're on the track, on the path, doing the right things that are taking you to wealth and financial freedom. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.